Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. Welcome back, everybody. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teen podcast. This is the ninth episode in my Dial Down the Drama series. It comes from my book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, a guide for mothers everywhere, which you can find on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Though I wrote this book for moms of teenage girls, most of these concepts apply to teenage boys also. Also, I want you to remember that early adolescence isn't just high school. It starts as early as age nine, so this applies to tweens too. You can head over to ColleenOGrady.com and I have a gift for you. You can get a free download of one of my chapters from Dial Down the Drama. And today I'm going to share some ideas and takeaways from my ninth chapter, How to Discipline Your Teenage Daughter. So first we need to start with, what is the point of discipline? And then secondly, what is effective discipline? All right, so what, what is the point of discipline? Well, to know that, we need to go back to the original word. And it's a really cool word. It means instruction given, teaching, learning, knowledge. So it's about giving your daughter what she needs to move towards adulthood. Empowered discipline is about equipping, guiding, teaching, motivating, and ultimately empowering your teen. See, it's not about just punishing your daughter for punishing sake, putting her in her place, showing her how, you, how she made you feel, or getting your anger out. So then, if we're evaluating, is our discipline effective? We need to see, does, is our discipline, is it equipping, guiding, teaching, motivating, and empowering our daughters? See, grounding forever isn't teaching her really anything. You raging at her and losing it is not effective discipline because it's not teaching her anything except how to lose control. So the question you want to ask when you're using discipline is not, how could she do this to me? But what does my daughter need to learn? See, remember, it's not personal. Your daughter is going to make mistakes because she is hardwired for drama. She's still developing. I can't tell you how many moms come in and they're so frustrated with their daughters, and I understand that. But they end up slapping their daughters, raging, and these are good moms. I had one mom who was so frustrated with her daughter because her daughter had cut on her wrist, and so what the mom did was she cut on her wrist in front of her daughter, said, see how this makes you feel? That 
isn't effective discipline. Slapping, hitting, yelling, raging is not effective. Throwing out threats that you're not going to do, like you are grounded forever and ever, you're never, ever, ever going to drive again, that's not effective. So the really important question to ask is, what does my daughter need to learn? Too often, we move off that point about what our daughter needs to learn, and it really becomes about us because it feels personal. How could she do it to me? You know, I've had moms where the daughters have come in, you know, after curfew, and it's like, do you know how this made me feel? How I've been worried? And that's true. I get it. But that's not what your daughter needs to learn. There, I mean, she needs to learn that this impacts other people. But there are many other lessons that your daughter needs to, to learn to be a healthy adult. So why does it become about us so often? And, and the focus becomes about us is because there's a lot of things going on for moms. Because our self-image oftentimes gets wrapped up in how well our daughter is behaving and performing. Because we are comparing our daughters to the other daughters. Your daughter compares herself to her friends and you're comparing yourself to the other moms too. And it's especially hard if your daughter is caught in a mistake that becomes really public. You know, she had sex first, she was caught with weed. Um, You know, something gets on the news about her and we go under so much shame. So we need to back up and remember that our daughter's worst mistake is not who she is. It's not who she's going to become. This can bring so much comfort to you. So we need to think, how do we think about our daughter's mistakes? I think we need to remember this is a normal part of her development. She is going to make mistakes. You can't control her so much that she doesn't make one. In fact, you want her to make the mistakes while she's under your roof, and you can speak into her life and redirect her and teach her. So I want to encourage you right now. If your daughter has made some pretty big mistakes, you are still a good mom. You haven't failed her. A good mom hangs in there with her daughter and finds a way to stay connected to her even when she's making mistakes. See, it's not about making your daughter behave like some version of Stepford children or teenagers. It's, it's risky because what we're doing is we're kind of letting the leash out uh, so she has a little bit more freedom so that she can learn how to walk in responsibility as a teenager. You know, when I was getting my master's, I've gotten a few, but, but I was at University of Arkansas, and I was associate head resident for 400 freshman girls. And so these girls would come, and they'd be 
have their heads on their mother's shoulders and in their cute little sundresses. And I would say that, you know, 80% of them went through Rush. But here's what I saw. The girls who had been um, from little towns and had been really, really protected, I would say that they were had been on choke chains and had no leash to exercise their own decisions and make and, and responsibility. If the, the ones who were on the choke chains were the ones who went the most out of control in college. These were the girls, because I, I saw this three years in a row, these were the girls who ended up passed out in the frat house. They started smoking and drinking, and they, they could not manage their life. And in contrast, I saw some of the girls who had come from bigger cities and had already made some big mistakes, they were able to rein it in. They didn't go over the top. They had learned from their mistakes while they were in high school. And I think, Mom, if you go back and think about your own life, I bet that you probably made a mistake too, and that mistake didn't define your future. So we, as moms, have to get over, first of all, judging other, other teenagers for making mistakes because our daughters make them too. It's like we need to be in there together and support other moms because it's scary and it doesn't make, it, it can feel good for a second that your daughter didn't make that one mistake, but she's making her own. We need to examine our mindset around our teens' mistakes. Because even though they look like adults, they are still developing, especially that brain, as I've talked about in the series. And they are going to not think about cause and effect. They're going to use poor judgment. They're going to do unnecessary risk-taking, and that's why they need us often to be their prefrontal cortex and use effective discipline so that they can get what they're missing, that they get the necessary skills to be healthy adults. So our teenagers are going to make mistakes. They're hardwired for mistakes. And mistakes will not ruin your teenager's life. Quite the contrary. And that's what it feels like to us. That's why we lose it. But they don't. See, when approached with the right mindset, they present opportunities for growth, and they can be transformative. Many good things come from mistakes. They, dis- they decrease self-righteousness. They foster humility. They increase empathy. They also provide opportunities to take responsibility, learn forgiveness, and experience grace. Okay, I can hear some of you saying, okay, I have the right mindset, but what am I supposed to do about it? How am I supposed to discipline her or him when they blow it? Okay, so the first step is getting clear about what your teenager needs. Again, this is what really is effective discipline, is to teach, to instruct, that they actually learn something. See, it's deeper than grounding them forever because that might be helpful, but it may not because it may not teach them the lesson that they really need to learn. 
The point of your discipline is to empower them with the life skills needed to live a successful life. So here's some examples. If your son makes C's and D's in school, he needs more structure and accountability to get his work done. So you set up more structure and accountability. That is the discipline. If she loses control and curses at you, she needs to learn how to calm down. If he throws the phone across the room and it breaks, he needs to earn money to replace the phone. If she drives home drunk from a party, she is no longer allowed to drive. When she starts driving again, she needs more accountability. So, when your teenager makes a mistake, ask yourself this question, what does my teen need? Does my teen need more structure and accountability? Does she need stricter boundaries? Does he need extra help and support? Does she need to learn how to take personal responsibility and make amends? Does he need to experience natural and logical consequences for his behavior? Does she need to learn how to calm down or slow down? Effective discipline starts with your clarity. That's why I often tell parents that the moment that you catch your daughter or your son in a mistake is really not the time that you want to give out a consequence because good chance you're going to be emotionally flooded, you're going to be scared, frustrated, angry, and that's when we say things like you're grounded forever. So at that moment that you catch them in the mistake, you want to just contain the situation because a really good discipline or consequence, it takes time to really think through this stuff. So time is your friend, and you want to use that time so that you can calm down and then get clear about what they need, and then what is your strategy for discipline? This is much more effective Um, because also your daughter or your son are going to be extremely defensive and maybe high when you catch them, so they're not going to be real receptive to your discipline at that time. I go into so much more detail in my book about clarity. Clarity is huge. Clarity not only for yourself, but clarity with um, the father, your partner, clarity with the other children, clarity with your teen about the rules and boundaries. So clarity is big. Clarity with your teen about what the consequences are beforehand. Also in this chapter, I talk about the potent parenting tools and how to use them. Once you understand the purpose of empowered discipline, and you're clear about what your teen needs, you're ready to implement the discipline through one of the following potent parenting tools. One, learning conversations. Two, employing impactful consequences. Three, making amends. And four, depositing credit in the trust bank. Now, I can't get into all of these in this podcast, but the point of this is that your teen's mistake, it's not cookie cutter. It does take a lot of thought and clarity. So losing it and just saying you're grounded is nine out of 10 times is not going to teach them anything except 
while my parents are angry and they're losing it. This part of the chapter is really invaluable because it helps you think through the, who your teen is and what do they need to learn and what discipline really will help them learn it, what will really be instructive, and what will help them truly transform. And I can't get into all of these in detail for sure, and I'm going to have to briefly cover one, and I'm going to start with the learning conversation. Because what happens often is we think we're having a learning conversation in the moment that we catch our teen in a mistake. We just found out that they lied, they came in late from curfew, they stole the car, you found the, you know, the, the beer bottle. They're not going to learn anything. And you're, they, they are closed off. They're defensive, they're angry, they're, uh, they are not going to hear a word that you say, and that's based in neuroscience. I am not a mind reader, I just know how the brain works. So if you're going to have a learning conversation, it has to be later on when both of you are calm. So it, and that might, you might have to wait a while before you can have that conversation. But if your daughter is going to truly learn, she has to learn how to own her mistake. So a learning conversation is not a one-sided lecture by you, which I call the big mother lecture. Um, because that's when she's going to tune you out. It's an authentic two-way conversation between you and your daughter. And it's only going to be successful when the timing is right. Because then your teen is going to open up and they can receive your input without being defensive. There's also an element of vulnerability between you and your teen for it to be a true learning conversation. This opens the door for exploring and sharing real feelings. It helps your daughter see how her actions affect others and herself. And she needs to, this to step out of her self-involvement. Teens are quite naturally self-involved so they can develop empathy and have a change of heart. Now, you may think this is impossible, but don't give up yet. It, it really is possible when the timing is right. A learning conversation in the heart of it and why it works is that she can tell that you really are on her side and that you're trying to maintain a connection with her even in the conflict. And yes, that is challenging and, and really scary for moms often. But it's really important, and it's up to you to protect that relationship. So you're building a bridge through empathic listening, curiosity, and understanding. And you need this in order for your daughter to come clean. This will be the hardest work that you'll ever do as a mom. It takes real courage to truly listen to what's going on with your teen. But you want them to come out of hiding and tell you the truth even if you don't want to hear it. I mean, you don't want to hear that your daughter skipped school, that she smoked weed, had sex, or is pregnant. I mean, you want to scream. You, 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 it's horrible. 
but it's crucial to stay present and not react. And what can help you stay centered is to tell yourself he or she's going to be okay and we're going to find a way through this. When your teen feels that you're truly listening, understanding, genuinely caring, they'll be real with you. And this is what you want. You want to hear their thinking process or lack of one. You want to, th- like, what information are they ignoring? How did they feel after the incident? How did they make that decision? Knowing this can help you accurately redirect them and give them the information they need. So after you listen to the story, it's your turn. Start with communicating understanding. This builds a bridge. I understand that you love your boyfriend. I know that hanging out with your friends are important to you. When you communicate your understanding, your teen is more apt to listen to you. And now this is where the learning occurs. But first, let's revisit the undeveloped prefrontal cortex. Their undeveloped prefrontal cortex is not thinking through long-term consequences and cause and effect. So it tends to be really impulsive. It also has that drive for that dopamine reward. She is going to or he's going to have those thrill-seeking experiences. And they're going to want to downplay the important facts. So that's where you step in. You insert the missing or, or ignored information. Like you help them see like what, like the big elephant in the room. You help them see the cause and effect and long-term consequences. You connect the dots. Why that was risky and how that could impact their lives and other people. You remind them that your job is to guide and protect them. If it's done right, this learning conversation is going to bring you closer. So after all the tears and expressed emotions, everything's out in the open. The wall of hostility between you and your teen is gone. It opens the door to love, forgiveness, and reconciliation. Okay, so many of you are saying that will never work. Well, there are a lot of strategies in this section that I couldn't get to because the timing of having this learning conversation, it may mean that they might need another potent parenting tool before they can hear you. So I would recommend that you would get this chapter and read it. This is going to really help you dial down the drama and maintain that connection with your teen in a really challenging circumstance. And it's going to help you really think through what are effective discipline strategies that my teen needs so that they can be empowered to be a healthy adult. You've been listening to Power Your Parenting Moms with Teen podcast. Be sure and go to ColleenOGrady.com for more helpful resources. You can also get a free chapter from my book, Dial Down the Drama, or join me on Facebook at Colleen O'Grady Power Your Parenting. I'm there every single day. If today's podcast was helpful, go to Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble, and you can order my book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict and Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter. I will talk to you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.